Section 5 of The Pearl Fountain and Other Fairy Tales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Lee. The Pearl Fountain and Other Fairy Tales by Bridget and Julia Cavanaugh. Redcap's Adventures in Fairyland. Redcap was the only child of a widow who lived by sifting the corn which the farmers brought to her. She threw away the bad seeds outside of her door, and they fell in the earth and grew there, so that after a time her little house was almost hidden in a grove of blue, red, white, and yellow flowers that smelt so sweet and were so pretty to look at that it was quite a pleasure to see them. Redcap liked the red flowers best, and he always stuck one or two in his cap, and that was how he came to be called Redcap. All these flowers bore so much seed that birds flocked to the place and built their nests near it. They sang all the day long in spring and chattered all the year round, and there was nothing Redcap liked so much as looking at the flowers and listening to the birds. He only wished he could know what they said when they talked to each other, and at length he asked the magpie, who was the greatest chatterer of all, and was always going from one bird to another with his head on one side, and ever such a knowing look. "'Dear me,' answered Magpie, "'I wonder you don't understand them, Magpie. It is as plain as A, B, C, and they are all talking to you. Go to the Queen,' they say. "'Go to the Queen, Redcap.' "'Do they?' said Redcap. "'Then, Magpie, I see what it is. I am to be a general.' I always liked red, and I must go to the queen and tell her so. Then I shall present you, said Magpie. The queen is a very intimate friend of mine, a good soul, a very good soul is the queen. Magpie, answered Redcap, you shall stay at home, if you please. What has a bird like you to do with queens and generals? Oh, ho, my fine fellow, cried Magpie. Do you think you can prevent me from going to see the queen? Mind my words, Radcap, I shall be at court as soon as you are. He flew away, and getting all the other birds around him, he told them how Redcap was going to court in order to become a general, and how he, Magpie, would present him to his friend the queen. Redcap got up very early the next morning to go to the palace, which was a long way off. He put three red flowers in his cap, out of compliment to the queen, and he stole so softly out of his mother's little house that he made sure Magpie could not see him. When he got to the palace and asked to speak to the queen, the porter at the gate inquired into his business. "'I want to become one of Her Majesty's generals,' answered Redcap. The porter laughed, and calling an usher, he told him what was Redcap's errand. The usher laughed, and went and told the queen that there was a little boy at the gate of the palace with three red flowers in his cap, who wanted to become one of her generals. The queen laughed, and said, Show him in. As Redcap entered the room where the queen sat on her throne, Magpie alighted on his shoulder, and perching there, said in his ear, Don't be afraid, Redcap. I shall talk to the queen. May it please your majesty. He began, 
Let the boy talk, magpie, said the queen. May it please your majesty, said Redcap. I always liked red, and I want to become one of your majesty's generals. I am very much obliged to you, answered the queen, and I am sure you will make a very great general indeed, but you must wait until a vacancy occurs. Goodbye, Redcap. With that, she nodded to him, and told the usher to show him out and give him some lollipops. Redcap went home with Magpie on his shoulder, talking all the way. Well, Redcap, said he, I told you that I would present you to the queen, and you see all that has come of it. You are to become a general, and, in the meanwhile, you have got a lot of lollipops. Do you mean to say that you had anything to do with it? cried Redcap. Now, Redcap, said Magpie, you know she was looking at me all the time. She was looking at the red flowers in my cap, answered Redcap, and I don't think she even saw you. You are very saucy, said Magpie, and very ungrateful. But never mind, I shall be kind to you for all that. With that, he flew away, and getting the other birds around him, he told them what fine things he had been doing for Redcap with the queen. Redcap thought to be appointed a general the next morning or so, but when a whole week passed, and he heard nothing about a vacancy, he could not help saying to Magpie, with whom he had made it up, The queen is not making a general of me. Are you sure it was go to the queen that the birds were saying? Of course it was, answered Magpie, and they are saying it still. But there are more queens than one, and between ourselves, I think they must have meant the queen of the fairies. I have never seen her yet. But I know, said Magpie, winking knowingly at Redcap, that she is dying to see me, and so I will present you as a matter of course and show you the way to fairyland. Thank you, said Redcap, but I shall present myself to the queen. And as to the road, I know very well that fairyland lies beyond a mountain which grows close to my mother's house, and I shall get in somehow. Oh, ho! cried Magpie. You think you can do without me, do you? But I can fly, and you cannot, and I shall be in Fairyland as soon as you are. Good night, Redcap. So there is a mountain which grows close to your mother's house, is there? Well, I never heard of mountains growing before. And Magpie laughed as he flew away. Early the next morning, long before daylight, Redcap got up, and stole out of his mother's house, making sure that Magpie could not see him. But though he went round and round the mountain, not a cranny through which he might get in could Redcap find. At length, when it was day, he climbed up in a tree which grew high up in the mountainside, and when he got up on the very topmost bough, he saw Fairyland all below him. He also saw the queen, who was going out hunting, riding on a white horse, with all her gentlemen and ladies about her, and Redcap thought he had never seen such a fine sight. "'That's the queen,' said Magpie. "'Bless her majesty, how well she looks!' Redcap looked up, and there was Magpie perched on his cap and flapping his wings at the queen of the fairies. Redcap tried to get him off, but he thereby loosened his hold of the tree, 
and down he tumbled straight into fairyland. There, said Magpie, when he got up. I told you I would show you the way to fairyland. This way, Redcap, he added, strutting on before him. Shake the dust off you, my boy, and don't be afraid. I shall present you to the queen, and do all the talking. May it please your majesty, he began, going up to the queen of the fairies. Let the boy speak, magpie, said the queen. What do you want, Redcap? May it please your majesty, said Redcap. I always liked Red, and I want to be one of your majesty's generals. Oh, by all means, answered the queen, but you must first change your cap. Give Redcap a cap, added the queen, addressing the fairy on her right, and take him to the stables, said she to the fairy on her left, and let him choose a horse to his liking. For before I make a general of you, Redcap, said the queen, you must follow the hunt with me. So one fairy gave Redcap a cap that fitted him beautifully, and the other took him to the royal stables, where Redcap chose a little black horse called Swift. The fairy warned him that Swift was rather dangerous, but Redcap answered that he liked a horse of spirit, and had him brought out at once. When he got into the saddle, Magpie perched on his shoulder, and said, quite loud, Don't be afraid, Redcap. If that little fairy horse should be vicious, I shall tell you how to manage him. Swift, on hearing this, was very much affronted, and snorted and tossed his head angrily. Let him feel your spurs, said Magpie. Redcap did as he was bid, and off went the little fairy horse with Redcap on his back, and Magpie on Redcap's shoulders. Swift went like the wind, and Redcap was rather afraid. But Magpie flapped his wings, and screamed with pleasure, and cried out, Faster, faster, I say. Keep up with the queen, Redcap. Don't let anyone get ahead of you. Let Swift feel your spurs, I say. Redcap spurred Swift, who went faster and faster, but who, instead of following the queen, galloped with all his might towards a large pond, and when he reached it, stood still. The pond was full of golden fishes, who all put up their heads and looked out of the water to see Swift, Redcap, and Magpie. Don't be afraid, Redcap, said Magpie. I shall manage him. Come, my fine fellow, he added, alighting on Swift's head. I shall let you see who is master. Clear that pond, I say. Swift, on hearing this, kicked up his heels and flung Magpie off his head and Redcap off his back. Magpie flew away, but Redcap fell right into the water. His cap got off his head and floated, and Redcap jumped into it at once, for the cap, being a fairy cap, was as good as a boat. On seeing him in his cap, all the goldfishes burst out laughing and called out, Redcap, Redcap! Never mind, Redcap, said Magpie, who had perched on a tree. We shall pay these fairies out yet. When the goldfishes heard this, they set up a great cry and went and complained to the queen that Magpie had threatened them. Did he? said the queen. Then turn him out. Magpie was accordingly turned out of fairyland at once, 
he went back to the other birds and told them that the queen of the fairies had consented to make redcap one of her generals on his recommendation and that she had appointed him her ambassador and that he had so much to do that he should never get through it redcap was very glad to be rid of magpie and he asked the queen to let him mount swift again and follow her the queen said yes and gave him a little whip just touch swift with that said she and he will carry you safely and now let us all be off again so away went the queen and all her ladies and gentlemen after her and redcap with the rest but though swift seemed to behave very well he owed redcap a grudge on account of magpie and as he ran he asked all the fairies on his way to rid him of that nuisance on his back they were willing enough for they saw how much the queen was taken with him and his red cap, and they were already jealous of him. Swift, who was full of tricks, pretended to be taking red cap to the pond again, but red cap said very sternly, Not there, if you please, sir. Upon which Swift turned right round, and what should red cap see before him and between the queen and the hunt but a field full of eggs white as snow and lying as thick as thick could be. Redcap reined in, for he did not know what to do. If he rode through the eggs, what a mess he would be in, and if he did not, how could he keep up with the queen? Swift, on seeing him puzzled, was so glad that he threw back his ears and laughed. Oh, ho, says Redcap, is that it? Then go on, sir, and eggs or no eggs, follow the hunt, I say. He gave him a touch of his whip. Swift stooped his head and dashed through the eggs, and in a moment every egg got a pair of wings and flew away, calling out, Redcap, Redcap. Well, Redcap, said the queen when he came up to her, how are you getting on? May it please your majesty, said he, all the fairies turn themselves into eggs to prevent me from keeping up with your majesty, and when I rode through them, they flew away and called me Redcap. Dear me, said the queen, I see you have got enemies. Take this sword, and when you are attacked, defend yourself with it. And now let us be off again. Away rode the queen and Redcap after her. He did not spare Swift, but made him keep up with the queen, and Swift was more angry than ever, and told all the fairies on his way to rid him of Redcap. But Redcap was so brave that the fairies did not know what to do against him. They put their heads together, however, and presently Swift took Redcap through a field full of beautiful red flowers. Redcap was sadly tempted to get down and pick some, but he thought better of it, and only made Swift go faster. Then all at once a bee flew out of every flower until the air was thick with bees. Turn where he would, Redcap met nothing but bees. They buzzed so that he was almost deaf, and they shed such a yellow dust that he was almost blinded. Swift, seeing him so puzzled, threw back his ears and laughed. Oh, ho, said Redcap. These must be the enemies against whom the queen has warned me. He took out his sword and cut right and left around him, upon which all the bees kissed their hands to him and flew away, calling out, Redcap, Redcap. 
when Redcap got up to the queen, the hunt was over, and the queen asked him why he had not kept up with her. "'May it please your majesty,' he answered. "'I was beset with fairies under the shape of bees, who buzzed at me and shed their dust upon me, and when I cut through them with the sword your majesty had given me, they flew away, calling out Redcap.' "'Well, Redcap,' said the queen, "'I see you have too many enemies to stay here. "'You must go home for seven years, and then come back to me. "'Swift shall take you to the borders of Fairyland. "'Mind you, do not lose your cap, your whip, or your sword. "'Good-bye, Redcap.' "'The queen gave him a nod, and rode away, "'and Swift took him at once to the borders of Fairyland.' When they came within view of the tree from which Redcap had tumbled, there arose a great wind. "'Take care, Redcap,' cried Magpie, who was perched on the tree watching for him. "'You will lose your cap if you don't mind.' When Redcap looked up and saw Magpie flapping his wings at him, he was so enraged that he took out his sword and threatened him with it. But unluckily, in taking out his sword, he dropped his whip, and in stooping to pick up his whip, with the point of his sword, he let his cap fall off his head. He jumped down to get it back again, but no sooner did Swift feel him off his back than he snorted, kicked up his heels, and galloped away, carrying off the sword, of which the hilt had caught in his bridle. Redcap ran after him, but there was no overtaking Swift, who only laughed and called out Redcap. So Redcap turned back to get at least the cap and whip, but they too were gone. The fairies came and took them away, said Magpie from the tree. I screamed at them, and I flapped my wings, but they took them all the same. If you had minded me, you would not have lost your cap. Well, well, better luck next time, and another time too. Do mind me, Redcap. With that, Magpie flew away, and went and told all the birds how Redcap had come back from Fairyland without his cap, his sword, or his whip, and all that because he would not mind him. The first thing Redcap did when he got home was to get another cap, and the next to try and hunt away Magpie, but Magpie would not be driven away. He was fond of Redcap, he said, and would be kind to him all the same. So he came year after year, chattering with the birds, and telling them all the grand things he had done for Redcap. Although he had lost the cap, whip, and sword which the queen had given him, Redcap greatly wished to go back to Fairyland. He went to the mountain, and climbed up the tree, and looked down, but though he saw Fairyland very plainly, it seemed further away than the first time, and he did not dare to drop into it. Indeed, every time he went and looked at it, Fairyland got to be farther and farther, and at last it was so far that Redcap went no more, but was content to sift corn with his mother. He would have been quite happy with the flowers and the birds if it had not been for Magpie. When he grew up, he built himself a big house and stayed almost always within it, in order to have nothing to do with Magpie, but it was no use. Magpie peeped in at him through the windows and screamed and flapped his wings and called out Redcap. So Redcap had to bear with Magpie after all, and after a time 
he did not mind it. End of section 5